Hi, I'm Dr. Emmanuel Aiko. The early signs of a heart attack can vary. The most common include squeezing across the chest, a feeling of unease, and a sense that something just isn't right. It can be easy to dismiss the early signs of a heart attack as the symptoms don't always feel severe. It's never too early to call 999 and describe your symptoms. Your NHS is here for you. Well, look at this! Here's the guy here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? This is not just about finding the best mat. This is about a life. My life. You must simply marry the man who feels like your dearest friend. It is more than just your honor at stake. He will never marry. Suppose I desire something different. Do you truly believe him the best man for you? I should be very happy. Will you be? control no overwhelming feelings of rage no a normal amount of rage you do revert back to gen form when you sleep was the air horn really necessary for comedy absolutely Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako and I may have said this before, I may say this again, but I am done with She-Hulk. Okay, I'm producer Dave. Hi, welcome to the show and uh, watch out peoples, we're in for a rant. Oh boy, oh boy, are we? Oh, you know what, here's, here's what we're gonna do. I, I, am gonna, I, I, I am going to rant, but I'm gonna park the rant for a second. Um, Producer Dave, let's let's throw to you first of all. Is there anything that you're watching at the moment? Yeah, I told you. Um, Fall mankind. I'm, I'm getting into that. Yes, yes. Really yes, getting absolutely. into that. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's it's 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 a good show. Um, I um, we'll talk a bit. We'll talk a little bit about more, more about that soon. Uh, I am currently watching a number a couple of shows. I'm catching up on a number of things. I'm catching up on. Wait, let me ask this. Ask this. Pretty sedate. What is what is your opinion about reality TV shows? Oh, um, for the most part, I give them a swerve, but there are occasionally ones that catch my my um, my attention. There was yeah. one on Channel Four recently. What was it called? Celebrity. It was Celebrity Chefs or something like that. Okay. And that one caught my attention because um, it was just a fun. It was a laugh. Fair enough. Okay, okay. But yeah, that was one of the few. And there was another thing that kind of piqued my interest until I saw 10 minutes of one episode, which was a uh, Married at First Sight UK. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I lasted no. 10 minutes and then off it went. I <laughs> just like, okay. no, no more. 
reason I'm laughing is because that's the reason I asked you if you if you're watching a reality TV show because <laughs> you got you got sucked in, didn't you? <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so let 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 me let me let me give some backstory. Let me give some backstory, right? So during the pandemic back in 2020. Um, I think Channel 4 just started hitting. I don't know if they were doing it before. I doubt they were doing it before, but they just started hitting us with uh, Married at First Sight Australia. And it's just, you know, episode after episode after episode. And it's it's every day they were putting it on there. So we were looking for something to watch and we started watching that and we got hooked, right? Really enjoyed it. But then we got to the end of those three seasons and we're like, yeah, we're done with this. Move on. Couple of weeks ago, maybe last week, and I caught it on Gogglebox. That was it. They were doing a clip of what the latest episode was. And it was something that happened. And I laughed. And I was like, that's brilliant. And the next day, the very next day, that episode I watched came on. And I was like, okay. Uh, I, I flipped it, put it on, watched the episode. It, it was even more hilarious than what I saw on Gogglebox. And I got hooked and I still am. So we're now back in. And it's the same old, same old rubbish, you know, switch your mind off, you know, do everything else while it's playing in the background. But that's where I am at, right? So there's that. I'm still watching that. It's on Sky Plus at the moment. So it's E4. You can get it on E4, on demand, etc. The other one that is just, I've literally just started watching it tonight is Farmer Needs a Wife. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah, I see the adverts. <laughs> yeah. What more can a boy ask for? Less flies. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So again, it's the Australia one, right? That we're that we're watching. So it's a thing where it's like, okay, um, just just like married at first sight, it's the same kind of thing. It's actually this is farmer needs a wife is more okay, beauty and the more, geek. Yes, it's more like beauty and the geek or. Um, uh, the Bachelor or the Bachelorette, etc., right? Where it's basically you get your one person, one you know eligible bachelor, and you get these flocks of beautiful women that they throw them at this bachelor. Except in this case, it's four bachelors or so four farmers in Australia, and they have like the harems of women who are throwing themselves at them because they want to be you know next Mrs. Farmer. And so started watching it, and it, uh, here's here's my verdict on it, right? Um, the, the thing about Married at First Sight, you can spot the fact that it is basically staged for, it's, it's re reality in air quotes. Farmer Needs a Wife, I, I would actually argue is less that, right? It's it, because you see the farmers, these, these, I mean, if they are, if it is staged drama, then these guys deserve daytime Emmys. Are plenty because they are doing bumbling farmers like nobody else. like Daniel Day Lewis could go method for years and still not nail the country bumpkin that is these guys right so there's less of the theatrics with farmer needs wife compared to married at first sight so I'm watching both of them side by side and I'm like okay if I want to cleanse my palate from the theatrics i go to farmer needs a wife when i start getting bored i jump back into married with at first sight and watch the girls cat fight over their prospective <laughs> husband they just met and whatnot it's it, it, it's 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 stupid 
it's it, I, I would not recommend anyone go and watch it because that's like me giving my kid a beer, right? <laughs> because I'm not supposed to, but it's funny to get them <laughs> to do that. But that, that's essentially what it is. So it's a, it, it's a case that I won't recommend that you go and watch Married at First Sight UK. However, if there's nothing on and you have like an hour or 45 minutes to kill and you are okay consuming icing of tv just go watch it because the drama and again the australian one was far was far better in terms of the drama and theatrics compared to the uk one the uk yeah they're trying to but it's like eh, that's nothing the australian one from like a few years ago was spectacular it was fireworks of plenty so much so that we followed up afterwards to find out what happened to all of the prospective couples all the ones who left and uh, none of them are married to each other. None of them. There, there is one couple, however, in the Australian one from a couple of years ago, where they broke up and other two from the same show hooked up together and are now married. So, it, you know, it, it kind of worked out for those two, but uh, they're the only ones that I've seen. That, it, But, oh, it's, it, it, is, it is mindless TV, which I'm currently watching, but it is part of a stream of TV shows that I've been watching at the moment, just getting into it. Some which I'm going to be um, ranting about and some which I'll talk about in just a few minutes, uh, just as we lead into it. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. On our show today, we have a mixed bag of things in the film and TV news bit. Uh, we'll jump in, talk a little bit about some news, and I'm going to go off on a rant. I mentioned it at the start of the show about She-Hulk. I'm going to go on a rant with that because it's been a long time coming. I wanted to do it. I'm going to be a mini rant. Let's do it a mini explosion. So I won't do it too much. I'll do a mini explosion now. And then at the end of the season, I'm going to do another, I'm going to do a bigger explosion. Uh, anyway, so on the show today, we're going to be talking with Christian Brighty, who's a TikToker, uh, character comedian, who has his show Playboy, which is playing at Soho Theatre from the 12th of October to the 15th of October next week. Go check it out. I've seen it on YouTube. He did a, uh, an Edinburgh Fringe run with that show. It's pretty funny. It's period piece. That's why we talk about his five favorite period dramas. Uh, that's why that gets slipped in there. Uh, so we'll do that in the spotlight section. But before we jump into that, let's jump into film and TV news. So, before I dive into my rant, um, I want to... Uh, I've just stumbled across a film which is coming soon. I'm going to give you the synopsis. And producer Dave, we haven't spoken about this at all. Tell me if you feel this is a film you want to see. It is called Violent Night. And here's the tag for it. When a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus must step in to save the day and Christmas. Is that something you feel you might want to go on? Is it a comedy? It's an R-rated action comedy. It says action, comedy, crime. Um, it saves David Harbour, 
the most recent version of Hellboy. That's who he is. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, he plays the sheriff in Stranger Things. It's got Je John Leguizamo in it. You know John Leguizamo? He's been in a whole bunch of things. Um, uh, uh, oh, what, the, one, the one thing, I, he, he recognizes his face. You'll see him. He's, he's ubiquitous everywhere. He's been doing a whole bunch of stuff. He's been acting for a long time. He's in this. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo is in this as well. Um, and I just caught the first bit of the trailer and immediately it looks it's it looks like a combination of bad santa and die hard and die hard that's basically what it looks like right because you've got david harbour playing santa claus and it appears it's real santa claus because you see him flying however it looks like the bad santa you know the billy bob thornton type bad santa where he's just this drunk alcoholic sweary drug dealing drug taking thief who's you know hides uh, pretends to be santa and whatnot so the real santa is the bad santa but he's coming to deliver presents to this wealthy estate and that wealthy estate is being robbed and he has to step in like john mcclain to come and rescue them right so i just you know i'm in i am fully fully in it's coming out december 2nd obviously in time for Christmas, it, it, the tag for it says, you better watch out. I'm in solid. Producer Dave, is that a film you think you want to go see? Um, mm, I'll see how much, I, I'll see how much um, joy that I need to bring to my Christmas and make a decision. Fair enough. Okay, here's a, I'm just jumping through, looking at some of the uh, the cast members. The, the rest of the cast, um, a lot a lot of, a lot of actors that you've seen pop up in different things. Um, so you've seen, I mean, you've got the, the, the leads are David Harbour, John Leguizamo, and Beverly D'Angelo. So you've seen them in different things. But then there are other people, I'll say names, and you won't recognize them. But once you see faces, you'll definitely recognize them from stuff like B-movie type stuff and whatnot. Um, yeah, they, they, they popped up in different things. Anyway, but yes, I am. I'm in... I love these type of movies. It's like, it's just, it's action pack. It is, um, there's a word where it, where it's like they, they don't show respect, uh, irreverence. That's it. It's just fantastic. Yes, I'm in the trailer, two and a half minutes long. It's on IMDb at the moment. It's called Violent Night. I'm definitely in. Anyway, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And producer Dave, are you ready for a rant? Uh, I'm I'm ready. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> you switch off the step I'm, gonna, I'm gonna mute. <laughs> you can. I love, I love this. People who are listening to this on the podcast or on Resonance 104.4 FM uh, are not watching this, but I've got video on on Zoom. Producer Dave has got video on Zoom, so he's gonna he's gonna put me on mute, and he's just gonna be watching a a, a, a muted clip of me just. I'm furiously gesticulating and screaming and spitting at the camera and whatnot. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm going to mute myself and watch and listen to you. Oh, okay, fair enough. That's good. So you are going to listen. Oh yeah, uh, I'm going to listen. I would have muted myself if I was in your position. I would have just muted, muted me, and then just played some nice, calming music in the background. And then when you see me look like I'm spent, then you just go. You're going to do the tag for the spotlight? <laughs> Watch the spotlight and talk to Christian. But uh, yeah, okay. So let me begin. And again, like I said, it's going to be a small, a mini explosion, a mini eruption. So 
Let's start off, first of all, with what the TV show is that I'm about to erupt about. It is called She-Hulk. It is on Disney+. Plus. It is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe MCU Phase 4 rollout. Um, we've mentioned this before, that Phase 4 appears to have its problems at the moment. Uh, in, and it's been mentioned as being directionless, uh, directionless. Uh, but I've always tried to say, hey, look, you know what? Just give it, give it some time. Let's see what's happening. I have faith in the MCU. I have had, I have faith in Kevin Feige. I think he knows what he's doing. He's done this quite a lot. He seems to, be, you know, look at the first three seasons, th first three phases. Everybody liked it. Let's check out and see what's happening. Um, so with She-Hulk, now the, the 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 TV show of She-Hulk or the character of She-Hulk is basically um, is Jennifer Walters. She's a lawyer, and she is a cousin to Bruce Banner, who we know as the Incredible Hulk from the MCU. Now the story of She-Hulk is something happens to her. I'm not even going to go into too much what happens to her, but you know there's some blood cross contamination between hers. And Bruce Banner, which then gives her the powers of the Hulk. The difference is because she wasn't exposed to gamma rays the same way Bruce was, and obviously because there's, if you go into the the backstory in the comic books, um, Bruce had some, you know, a very tumultuous childhood, and as such, that contributed to the gamma rays, which is why his Hulk mon monster is much more out of control. And he has to fight that. He has that whole Dave, you know, um, uh, Jekyll and Hyde situation going on with him. Whereas Jennifer Walters, hers is completely different because, as it's just cross contamination of blood, hers she turns into the Hulk. However, her Hulk is controllable. She can actually still the same person. She still controls it. She can, you know, speak normally. She's just as intelligent. And just, you know, as a functional, if anything, it makes her look sexy. It makes her look gorgeous. It makes her more confident. She's taller and so on. So that's what that's the story of She-Hulk. She carries on becoming, you know, carries on being an attorney. She, you know, and she's still as smart, still as capable in her profession as She-Hulk, as she is as Jennifer Walters. In the comic books and the stories and all that stuff, she plays a major part in the whole Marvel universe as a whole, because when you know they, they get into the political aspect of it, like things like the mutants and 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 the Avengers and so on and so forth, she's the one who tends to defend them on you know from the judicial part of things. So she's big in the comic books, and there she has a huge fan base. I count myself as one of them, as being part of that. Now I was looking forward to this TV show coming on Disney Plus. Um, Tatiana Maslany plays Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk. Tatiana Maslany, uh, I, the only thing I'd seen her in before was a show called Orphan Black, which I've watched a couple of episodes, but it ran for quite a while. And from what I saw from those few episodes and from what I hear, she's a terrific actress. And I believe that. However, this show, I tried. I go, God, did I try. I tried. I Dave, British Dave, I tried, I did. From the very first episode, I watched it and I was like, what is this? I don't know what this is, but okay, let's just see where it's going. Second episode came. I was like, 
that was just as bad as the first episode. Okay, maybe they'll improve as they go. They're trying to find their footing. Third episode came. No, it wasn't. It wasn't better, but it was around the same kind of whatever. Fourth episode came in, and the fourth episode was like, okay, slight tiny improvement, but still not uh, whatever we'll see. But a new slight improvement, maybe. Fifth episode was like, no, we're not only are we going back down, we're going worse. Sixth episode, and now seventh episode has just come out, and seventh episode has come out, and I've tapped out. I'm like, nope, I'm done. I don't want to watch this anymore because I am, it's, I feel, and you've heard me in the past, I've said, you know, Marvel can take us, you know, a fraction of my salary because I will rave for them and I will push for them and whatnot. For it, it, it is, this show is that bad. I'm taking that back and I'm saying, no, uh uh, no, Marvel, stop it, stop it, Marvel, stop it, no, because I know I've just been ranting and not actually giving any points as to why I dislike this. I'm trying not to spoil if anybody does want to go and watch it. But here's what I'll say. I'm, without giving any plot points away because people probably want to watch it, I will do that when I do the massive explosion. I will just go in and rip all the episodes apart and you hear me why. You hear why. But here are reasons as to why without giving plot points away. The show paints the character. The, the, the characters in the show are A, not realistic. They don't, they don't, ha- they don't act like real people. And they are not consistent. Episode one, you have one character behaving in a certain way and you, you say, okay, this is who that character is. Episode two, they pop up and they are a completely different person. And it's like, what? How, what's happened here? Another reason why I really don't like the show is it has that problem, the Wonder Woman 1980, no, uh, Wonder Woman 1987, I think that's what it's called. There's, you know, the, the part two of Wonder Woman. Part one was great, right? Wonder Woman part one was amazing. It was a great film. Part two, terrible film. It was just it was just a mess. And one of the bigger problems, one of the biggest problems with that second, that second Wonder Woman movie was that it seemed to just hate all its male characters, right? There weren't any male characters that you could really root for, apart from Steve, not Steve Rogers, because that's Captain America, but Steve... Oh, I can't remember. He's, it's a Steve. Uh, it, I can't remember his, his last name. But, you know, the the male, whatever, the, the male love interest to Wonder Woman. He was the only character that they, that they held any kind of respect for in the entire Wonder Woman show. I can't even say that about She-Hulk. Every single male character, I, I mean, every single male character is just disrespected on every and i like like i said i i will sound like a raving youtuber because and i it, it comes it's come to the point where it's like I, i'm watching this and i'm like you, you just you you hate the people that are watching the show you just i don't i i'm i i want to find someone who has watched the show and says i really enjoy the show i want to watch it I want to find one of those people because I want to sit them down and ask them, please tell me, without me judging you, tell me what you like about this show. This show angers me to a point where I watch it and I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? One, one ep- couple of episodes ago, there's a character in it. I won't say who the character is, but you'll watch it and you see exactly what I'm talking about. This character is having a conversation with two other characters 
The other two characters just start talking over each other incessantly at that one character. The character gets up, turns around, runs and jumps out of a window. I laughed, right? That one laugh is the only laugh is the only laugh I have had for the entire show. It's supposed to be a comedy for the entire, was it six episodes in? That was the one laugh I had had for the entire show, right? And the reason why I laughed was because I related to that one action. It was just at that moment, even before he did it, I was like, if I was in that room, I would get up and jump out of a window. And he did that and I laughed because of how in sync I was. It was kind of like, yes that i i want to do that right now because of the show that's how angry i am watching this and i'm gonna make a prediction i'm gonna make a prediction right now right um and i'm gonna be wrong but i'm gonna make that prediction anyway i i'm going to wait for the very last episode and i have a very strong feeling at the very last episode what's going to happen is at the end of it it's all going to have been a dream it's all going to have been Jennifer Walters was attacked and she's in a coma. And what we have just experienced has all been a coma induced dream. And the reason they're going to do that is so that they can wipe everything they've done for the entire season. And then when Jennifer Walters comes back in, either for season two or in the next Avengers movie or whatever, they can actually do justice to that character. I am predicting it right now. And I guarantee you, when they do that, I'm going to hate them even more for having done that. Anyway, I promised it was going to be a mini rant. So I'm going to pull it back in and I'm going to say, I am, I'm done with She-Hulk. So you're saying to, saying to me that um, essentially pulling a Dallas on, on us. Yes, they are pulling a Dallas on us. And that's another reason why, because... When you t- look at Wonder Wonder Vision, right? The way Wonder Vision, what they did with Wonder Vision, and I love Wonder Vision because of what they did. They were playing with form, right? And they started off with like sitcoms from the 30s, 40s, well, 40s, 50s, 60s, however, the 50s. Started from 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and went forward, right? So they were doing sitcom format for the first few episodes. I am not going to be surprised because again, with She-Hulk, she breaks the fourth wall the way Deadpool does. So. That's another reason why it's contributing to the fact that they're going to do a Dallas-style wiping the entire season where she's going to be in the shower or she's going to wake up and she's going to walk and it's going to be Bruce in the shower and it's going to be, we just had this accident. This has just happened. It's like, didn't all of this happen? It's like, what are you talking about? And that's what's going to be because the entire season is going to be wiped. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be mad, man. I'm going to be mad. Anyway. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. And I'm producer Dave. And let me calm down while we jump to Spotlight. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. And I'm producer Dave. And we have with us a comedy performer with uh, his his stage show, which is going live in Soho pretty soon. He's going to be telling us all about it. Please tell us your name and the name of your show. Uh, thanks so much, Marcus. Hello. Uh, my name is Christian Brighty, and my show is called Christian Brighty Playboy. 
Excellent. Christian, um, okay, so first of all, we'll talk about your show, Playboy, because it's it's pretty unique in its in, in its format, <laughs> its setup. Uh, and I just before we came on today, I was watching a bit online uh, and I have questions. I have tons of questions. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, that they create them. <laughs> but, but before we do that, because we've been interviewing a number of uh, comedians, stand-up comics, mm. uh, comedy actors, character actors, etc. And the one question that we always ask them is why go into comedy? So let me throw the same question to you. Why go into character comedy? Yeah, I mean, character comedy specifically, because it's just, I think it's just more fun. Like, I, I love the fact that I get on to put on silly costumes and dress up like an idiot. I feel like I walk on stage and pe- the audience goes, oh, he's an idiot. Oh, brilliant. And then they can kind of enjoy it. And also for me, like, I, I you know, I've got a huge dressing up box of, of just so many stupid, I live with two other clowns and kind of we share a bunch of stuff. And it's just, at the moment you put something on, you're like, oh, I'm so ready to to play. Um, I mean, in comedy more generally, just because it's like, it was the best, best job in the world. If you can make a living from it, then yeah, I feel like a very happy jester. I'm a fellow idiot, so that <laughs> resonates with me 100%. Producer Dave will fully attest to the fact that I'm an idiot, so it's okay. Uh, I, I have Excellent. two YouTube channels. I'm, I'm saying two. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well done. <laughs> okay, so what we like to do as well on the show, because our show is about uh, films and television, mm. and your piece is to do with period uh, period it's a period character so yeah we we threw the question to you as well to give us your top five favorite period dramas right so yeah. we're gonna work our way backwards from five to one we'll start off with number five and number four so what are your favorite uh your fifth favorite and your fourth favorite period dramas Absolutely. Um, so, uh, t- this is also such a treat, but like, to be able to just kind of gush about these shows and like what I think is gorgeous about them. Um, my my fifth favorite is the I believe it's 1995 um, Pride and Prejudice, the one um, with the, the, the kind of beautiful TV one, the kind of six part classic BBC one. Um, and then number four is kind of Sense and Sensibility. We're going in hard with the Jane Austen um, early on. We're getting not her out of the way. She's going to feature again a little bit later on. But yeah. The 1995 one, that's the Colin Firth one, correct? Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah. and then The Sense and Sensibility is Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant, yes. With um, Is that the one with um, Kate Winslet? And... Yes. Oh, and I, am I thinking Emma? I'm thinking something different. No, 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 it's, it's Kate Winslet and um, uh, Emma Thompson as well. Yeah, yes, perfect. Uh, well, and well, Alan, and Alan well, Rickman. Or... Um, the cast's oh, amazing. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's great. It's really, really good fun. Um, wow, so you're... you're... You're going hardcore. So those are your two. Those are your your number five period dramas. That's excellent. So let's let's now bring this. People are wondering why are we talking about um, period when you said he's a comedy actor. Uh, so let's jump into what your show is about. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus Iaco, and I'm producer Dave. And we have with us Christian Brighty, whose show, The Playboy is is going to be on in soho he's going to be talking about it in a few minutes he's going to be giving us dates and everything else but let's first ask what is the playboy all about christian yeah sure um so uh, playboy is it's a show about the most outrageous rake who ever lived in the regency so a rake's kind of these you know the classic moody character that kind of um sort of not quite mr darcy but maybe mr darcy in his silence but then a lot more kind of um you know they just sleep with with hundreds and thousands of men and women um and so lord christian brighty is the epitome is kind of like the reduction of all of those characters um who kind of 
falls in lust with the audience. He's flirting with them all and he's never been in love, but then he suddenly meets a duchess and everything changes for him. So the whole show is about him learning. Can he stop sleeping with uh, strangers and propositioning the audience? Uh, the answer is probably not, but it's, it's lots of fun watching him try uh, over the course of the hour. Uh, yeah, and you and like I said, I watched a, a, a snippet of your show because you've just done an Edinburgh fringe run. Yes, yeah, still not recovered from that. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, yeah, we had a number of people who came on show just before they went up to Edinburgh, and I haven't spoken to them since. <laughs> I, I they could be dead. Yeah, well, I would not be surprised because <laughs> I hear I, I hear a lot of how how debaucherous Edinburgh tends to be. So uh, yeah, but, it's a good place you know, for a rake. You know, yeah. Exactly. So you're 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 getting you're getting method. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now um, I know you've talked about and you mentioned a little bit earlier that you wanted to talk a lot more about period pieces, etc. Because that's obviously something that you're interested in. But tell us why did you create uh, Playboy? Why did you create this show? What inspired you to create this show? Yeah. That's so. So I mean, I was. It kind of started because I was doing sort of similar things on TikTok, kind of as well as a comedian. I'm a, I'm a kind of TikToker and make sort of silly videos in, in my in my house. And um, I, I was making silly videos kind of about period dramas because I, I find them really funny. I think that period of time is just so funny where men found themselves really important. You know, they had all of the power and they were so noble. And so, you know, they could spend like days just brooding and being sad because obviously their emotions were so important, emotions that they had no idea to process. So you've got these kind of like really powerful, emotionally stunted men. And this I, there's, there's just a kind of, I think, innate ridiculousness in how serious everyone takes themselves. So kind of from that I, you know it's another opportunity for me to wear silly costumes so i was like okay this is this is great it's ticking a couple of boxes um and so the the show was also i think wanting to come from a place of i love i love a game with an audience i love having kind of walking on stage and like what's the relationship i'm not just like the stand up in the room who's like you know really high status like what's a fun game that we can play over the course of the show so in the show you know i'm i'm getting shot by cupid's arrows i'm falling in lust with audience members there's lots of flirting and playing with them that some of them who, who want to I, I invite up on stage and we we kind of play together but there's a it, it you know it's so nice to kind of get to play the type of person that you know I, i'm you know I, i'm i'm uh i'm a, I'm a i can be a flirt but i'm i'm also like quite you know i, I proposed to my um fiance in edinburgh so you know i'm not this rake character i'm not this kind of archetypal soft boy who's who's uh you know a, 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 you know a, you know kind of total douchebag really and so it's fun to walk on stage and, and get to role play this douchebag and and kind of say these these unsayable things but everyone in the room knows it's okay because we're making fun of those douchebags because the show's set in like 1815 um so that's the that's the kind of like why i kind of went into it i guess did you propose on stage? No, no. I've got a funny story about. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I that, I mean, that that would be terrible. You see these like Olympians who they get their gold medal and then they turn around to their fiance or their their their, their girlfriend and they propose there, and it's so narcissistic. It's all about them and it's all about their. Oh, I'm a hero. You know, I remember. I remember at the time, and you know, I've, I've grown since then. But I remember when Andy Murray won Wimbledon. And I was just like, propose, come on, like now's your moment. And then thank God he didn't. And, you know, because, so no, I did it on, uh, I did it where I met my uh, fiance on top of a double-decker bus, which is a venue. It's not just like a um, a bus that drives around Edinburgh. That would be slightly less romantic. Um, but it was where we met like six years later. Uh, but no, couldn't couldn't have done it um, <laughs> in, uh, in front of an audience after a show, um, even though we made the show together. Producer Dave, you got a question? Oh yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, I mean, you partially answered the question anyway, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> How much of 
Christian Blighty, i.e. yourself, is reflected in the characters that you play? Well, it's a little bit... I mean, it is there. I think it's kind of like a dark path. Like what could have happened had I had I kind of, st- you know, because I think I'm not saying I was, God, I, was I, 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 I'm spluttering because I'm thinking like, was I ever like a total douchebag? I think, I, okay, so I grew up really Christian and I was really like, I was evangelical and um, it took me a, a while to kind of like get over that. And when I got over that, I was like, right, okay, well, let's make up for some lost time. Um, but I think, but I was always like, I've always kind of been what I describe as a monogamous slut. Like I've, I've, I've gone kind of from one long-term relationship to another, not really able to, to kind of do the kind of like Lothario, like what's true. I don't know if this is the question you asked. I'm getting very personal about myself while also being a little bit vague. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I like, you know, I like to flirt. Like it's fun to, it's fun to do that with an audience. And when you get to do it in a place where like the audience gets to kind of play back with you, like that's, that's kind of like a part of me that I, you know, I don't walk around doing that, but it's fun to do it several nights a week. So in other words, what you're saying is that you, uh, you're you actually channeling your innermost uh, wants. In yeah, words, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the character's also like um, kind of clearly by, and, and I am as well, but, I, you know, kind of like, I think, you know, with, with like repression and shame and crap like that. So it's really fun to go on stage and flirt with all of the handsome men in the audience. The rest of the time I'm like, oh, I'm too shy. He's far too handsome. So there's 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 that as well. So yeah, it is, it is definitely all my wants. Um, I'm just a nicer that person. That has to be the name of your, the title of your next set, Monogamous Slut. If, 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 you don't, if you don't, you're just leaving stuff on the table. You just need to go and crush with that one. Yeah. yeah, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze Definitely. on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And we're here with a comedian, or character comedian, and TikTok uh, star. We're going to ask you about your TikTok videos in a second. Christian Brighty, who has his show, Playboy, that is going to be coming out uh, soon in Soho. Uh, we asked you to prepare your favorite period pieces. We've talked about number five and number four, which you said was uh, Pride and Prejudice the 1995 version and sense and sensibility and now we're going to talk about three and two what are they okay so number three is bridgerton (laughs) and bridgerton i i love i i like i really i kind of you know i feel like if i'd have put it at number one i think like hardcore period drama fans would have been like he's a traitor he's not really a period drama fans because it's not it's not really a period drama i kind of think of it as like the eurovision of period dramas it's fun it's camp it's playful it's silly it's it kind of it's like it's referencing all of those tropes that we know and it's playing with them in a way that i think is really really fun um, and so I, I love it, but I don't, I think it's definitely a different thing to like the classic BBC, um, you know, serious uh, period drama that um, I, I really like as well, but they're kind of like, it's like a little treat on the side. Have you seen Bridgerton yet? I haven't seen Pride and Prejudice. I haven't seen any of those period dramas. <laughs> it's not something that I actually aspire to. I I see them on TV with the horses and everything else and all the dresses and I think, oh, good God, not <laughs> And switch over. <laughs> uh, I go running. I run. Are you I run romantic? to the dark side. I'd rather watch a horror than watch a period drama. In actual fact, for me, period dramas are a horror, so I tend to avoid them. So this is a. This is a oh, I want to try. This is a list of things that producer Dave is going to be watching. Because uh, so, Christian, you're going to email <laughs> us that list and your recommendations for producer Dave to watch before the next episode. Yeah, so, yes. I might dip into what? one or two episodes, but um, the horror, 
no, no. I, I think well, I'll try and avoid, I, I but you know, for someone, for research purposes, for this program, okay, I'll do one, maybe two. I wonder whether the, I mean, is there a similarity between horror and period dramas? Because I, I, I think I came to them quite late. Like I, I've not, you know, I remember what I didn't do Pride and Prejudice for my A-level, uh, uh, if English, and at the time I was like, oh, thank God, it looked really boring. And then kind of since then I've got into them. But I think it, it's the sort of thing where like, if you just look at the aesthetic and you're not interested in romance, I think, uh, you know, as a, as a, you know, a blokey bloke, you can sort of switch off and say like, okay, this is, this, it, it, stuff's given too slowly. Whereas I think a bit like horror, you know, the, the best bit is the tension. The best bit is the wait before the jump scare. And that's just the same, but with the romance and the love, you don't get it all at once. You, you've got to kind of wait and you're that. So my number two is the Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 Kira Knightley version with Matthew, Matthew McConaughey, whoever plays, Matthew McFadden, that's it. Yeah, not Matthew. McFadden. That'd be a very different kind all of like right, um, right, Magic Mike right. meets. I mean, Magic Magic Mike yeah. meets Pride and Prejudice is probably a good sell for my show as well. That's kind of closer to it. But the the great thing about the the 2005 Pride and Prejudice version is that um you know in the book going really detailed in the book you find out that Mr Darcy's kind of got a thing for Elizabeth and you're like oh okay well whatever in the film they hold that bit back and so he stays really mysterious for most of the film and so you're you're kind of left guessing and he's kind of it, it, you know and also I think just a man sort of staring at you from across a, a ballroom that that sounds like the beginning of a horror film to me I think you could make a great horror film with just like oh is it really romantic or is he going to try and murder me definitely with my TikToks that's something I play with like is he is he a vampire is he unwell why is he not talking to me but just staring at me with a kind of really crooked yeah, gaze that, that's um, what happens with Facebook now so basically you just stop you stop people you could you can do that online rather than doing it in a ballroom yeah. it's it's Facebook stalking but you know in the in the 1700s see you said you yeah. came into period dramas um, in your adulthood. For, for me, it's actually the reverse. I started uh, as a kid watching period dramas, loving them. And the older I got, I kind of aged out of it. I'm, I'm saying aged out of it. Uh, but it's it's a case. I think it's I think it's more, I started off a romantic. And then when I got to uni and straight out after uni, it's like the university lifestyle just made me go, no, I'm romance is dead. And now I'm a cynic. Right. So I was like, whenever I see, so Bridgerton came on and I started watching Bridgerton the first season and I was like, oh, okay, this is funny. I liked the twists. I liked the fact that the whole, you yeah. know, um, a, ra a, a blind racist casting, or not blind racist, um, you know, it's a blind, it's <laughs> a blind racist. It's like, <laughs> but yeah, um, but, but I didn't finish it because I kind of had issues with it and I was like, ah. and so I didn't get mm. to the second season, but that's your number three. And your number two is yes. um, the Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden. Okay, excellent. That's You're listening it. to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. And I'm producer Dave. And we're with Christian Brighty, TikTok star, and uh, the, the character actor behind Playboy, which is coming up pretty soon. We'll be talking about where you can go and watch it. We're going to hold that to the end. So wait till the end of this segment. And then we'll talk about it. In fact, just be, in case people have to go and do other things. Christian, first of all, let's jump to you. When are you? When is Playboy on and where is it? Let's do that a couple of times. Thanks very much. I was there being like, oh no, please tell them. Um, it's on from the 12th to the 15th of October at the Soho Theatre. 12th 
the 15th in London. of October in Soho Theatre in London. So go check it out. We will talk about that again in the show notes. We're going to put links to where you can go and see it, etc. Um, now, in your creation of the, this, you know, this show and other shows that you've done, when you experience a dry spell, and this I'm just asking this for myself because I've I've, I've started doing stand up comedy as well, and I have gone through a couple of mental block dry spells, and I'm, I need help. So I'm asking you, as a creator of content, when you go through a dry spell, what do you do? Uh, it's a really good, uh, yeah, I, re I really like this question because I definitely uh, have dry spells. I think also, you know, with when you're making a show, it's a little bit easier because you don't have to write the whole thing in one day. But when you're pumping out videos online or TikToks or, you, or you're trying to create a lot of material quickly, it can be really terrifying. We're like, oh, I've I've got nothing. So I think um, like I I try and try like for me, I just watch lots of period dramas or read lots and and try try and kind of kind of fill your bucket with uh, with things that then your break your subconscious can digest. But then also being make, writing bad ideas, like lowering the stakes. Like if you write ten bad ideas and you go, like, okay, what are ten really what are terrible ideas for videos? And try not to judge at all yeah they'll be bad but maybe there might be something in like idea number seven that actually think oh actually well if i kind of did it like this you'll get somewhere it's just kind of like i heard someone describe the curse of the blank page the other day and i really liked that like how do you break the curse of the blank page and i think being you know my training kind of as a, as a performer is as a clown and clowns are all about um being comfortable being bad you know often the clown will try an idea that's not funny and then kind of show the audience that he's knows that it wasn't funny and then we'll laugh at his humanity for, for showing that he's an idiot and so being bad is something that i think is really important to be for being a comedian um just don't tell those dope jokes on stage <laughs> that, yeah it makes sense yeah just you get the good ones and you're like no i'm gonna i'm gonna leave that out revise it and so on um yeah and as you mentioned your tiktok let's talk about the tiktok as well because you do a number of uh sets on tiktok uh, what is your tiktok handle and sort of how often do you post on tiktok yeah, so my handle is um, at Brighty Boy. Uh, so that's B-R-I-G-H-T-Y, my name, and then Boy, B-U-O-Y. It's really, it would be so much nicer if it could just be my name. But anyway, uh, it, long, long name. Um, and I, I kind of post, I mean, I should post more and I sort of will be posting more after the um, Soho run and after Edinburgh. Making the show took up a lot of time, but I kind of, I try and post like twice a week, um, but I, I put a lot of effort into the videos that I make. They're not... Um, I don't, you know, I don't just film them in, in my room with like, there's a lot of like, like, I mean, comedians is a strong word for them, to be honest. Um, but guys on TikTok who'll, who'll kind of just put like a tea towel over their head to play like their a woman and, and and I just I find it really lazy and and I mean creatively so I, I what I like to do is I kind of like put on a big costume I like to go somewhere really big so it's like visually really interesting and fun and then it allows me to have like lots more fun like playing with the with the script I don't want to like there are also some incredible creators on TikTok like there are people um who who I I, I think like, like Adrian Bliss and, and Ghost Honey and, and people who just make Daniel Fox as well who's a great comedian you should have on he's incredible um but who who met who it's just such a I mean I think TikTok's lovely because it you know if if your video is not very funny no one will see it whereas there's a chance that millions of people are going to see it when you post it on there and so you can just you can pop out your bad ideas and then it doesn't matter if one is bad because no one ends up seeing it it's a it's kind of like a safe space to um to experiment. I love how you just dissed a whole bunch of TikTokers and then just went, well, that's, that's fine. It's, you, if you want to have low production values, that's fine. You can do that. It's okay. I, on the other hand, I invest uh, in my stuff. But you, 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 it's okay. I get it. It's all right. 
I sound like such a prick. <laughs> you mentioned douche. I look a douchebag earlier, so I think that was more accurate. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, I am for old planet. Cal- no, I mean, like, look, I think that there's like there's some misogyny linked up in some of the the shortcuts that they're making, which is what I take issue with. I mean, like, some people make incredible videos that they just film in their room. Like my friend Eleanor Morton, she does a lot on Twitter and posts on TikTok as well. And you know, I, I I do envy her because she's just she's so funny and she's able to make these incredible videos literally just in her in her bedroom. Whereas I'm like, right, okay, I've got to find my hobby horse. I've got to find, put my riding boots on. I've got to find my high women hat and I've got to go over to Hampstead Heath and try and rob people. Great. That's, that's my day. <laughs> like it's, it's not a great use of my so time. So everyone is what is listening to this, go and find him on TikTok. It's at brighty boy and boy is spelled B is B U O Y or B O U Y. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah, B U O Y, like yes, a C exactly. boy. Um, and your show, Playboy, is at uh, Soho, uh, Soho Theatre from the 12th to the 15th of October. Um, do you have any other yes. runs that you're doing in case people miss this, uh, this that particular run? When are you doing Playboy again for people to go and watch? We're we're gonna um, we're gonna kind of pause touring in the UK for a little bit because um just kind of, just to kind of grow the TikTok a little bit more and then just kind of find a new set of audience. But we we're gonna go to the US in I think August next year instead of the Fringe. That's the current current plan. So um, a lot of the people on TikTok are based in the states. And that's a lovely thing about growing this platform because you know that's a mad you know that's a mad thing for you know a relatively new comedian to say like oh I'll go and tour in the US. But that is now possible because of this like wonderful app so um i mean not wonderful there's there's it's a complicated app but there's some great things about it i love the humble brag there as well it's like yeah you know it's like it's, <laughs> it's, you know you plebs in the uk you're gonna you, you, you get to catch me at soho for one week not even one week three days and then uh, i'm gonna go meet my fans oh, in the u.s and uh, tour america the americas the other the, <laughs> the, the yeah no my Marcus, I would have loved to have. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to do it in the UK. If I could move them all to the UK, that'd be lovely. It's just I was going to do a tour, and I was like, I think at the moment I would lose an enormous amount of money. So I was like, I think <laughs> like that was that is a is a tactical decision as opposed to something else. So wait until the TikTok's a little bit bigger, and then we'll come and do it in the UK and 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 have a nice time with. That's excellent. That You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. I'm producer Dave. And we are here with TikTok superstar, soon globe-trotting uh, comedian, Christian Brighty, who has his show, Playboy, at Soho Theatre from the 12th, of, uh, 12th to the 15th of October. So go and catch this show in the UK because it's going to become like Hamilton and blow up in the States. And it's going to be amazing. And you're going to be like, oh, it was here. We missed it. And then when he comes back to the UK, you're going to have to pay an arm and a leg to go see him on stage. Um, so let's ask. Uh, so I know obviously you're focusing on 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 that in particular. Really quickly, how long did it take you to put the show together? Oh, it was about about a year and a half, maybe. I think I kind of I didn't really have a character. Like the character came like sort of later. I made the show first, like a kind of clown show, and that like it was sort of like the character's called Lord Christian Brighty, partly because I wasn't sure how whether it was really me or whether it was this this character and so we made these you know made the big props made the big set pieces you know it was we were performing it during kind of the end of covid and so you know i had it it was outdoors i was wearing a chastity belt i shot a firework out the the front of it from my crotch lit a cigarette off it and stood there on stage feeling the sexiest i've ever felt in my entire life um and so kind of took that to edinburgh in 2021 for three days at monkey barrel which is a a great venue uh, in edinburgh 
and then worked after worked with a guy called Dan Lees to make that version, and then worked with a guy um, with Ben Clark who was in Pappies, which is a fantastic um, group, as well as my um, my fiance Amy Greaves and, and Georgia House, who's a great uh, writer um, and, and producer. And we kind of changed it from like a clown show with just these games with the audience into a real character show with a a story and and a real kind of growth or an arc for this character. Um, and a lot more jokes, a lot more jokes. It was very airy before. It was really fun and stupid. You know, you had birds flying down wires to deliver letters. You had huge Napoleonic ships and these big chastity belts and fireworks. But um, yeah, a kind of a sparsity of jokes in the between. So yeah, that's what we've, yeah. But I think it takes that time, much time to write a, a good show. I think it's quite cruel that comedians, they sort of start writing their show maybe in November time once they're kind of feeling a little bit more energized after Edinburgh. And then they kind of got to, you know, debut it like, six seven months later i think that's it's not you need to give yourself time as an artist to to kind of let it let it expand and fill the the space yeah and you mentioned that chastity belt that chastity belt is huge it is large um it's like it's a (laughs) full-on workout because how many how many um shows did you do i know you said you did for three days did you do just one show per night or did you do multiple shows per night no, we did. Um, so when so this year in Edinburgh, we obviously did the full run, but so, so that was like 20, 25 shows you'd end up before that. We'd done that many previews again. So I'd taken it to Brighton Fringe a couple of times, um, at the Warren and the Spiegel Tent, which are again like lovely venues, and did it in um, went to Falmouth and uh, and Leicester, like it just and did it in London a few times. I, yeah, I think trialing it in front of an audience was especially for a show that relies so much on playing with an audience you need to get those kind of reps in to kind of get to a place with it where you go right it, it's it's watertight in it absolutely and it it, again you see there's just from the little bit that i managed to see on youtube there's a lot of audience interaction audience and obviously you don't you don't know what to expect because you might get a you know an engaged audience who are willing to play along or you might just get stone cold hey what's your name nothing uh, no i'm not playing i no, I I choose violence today and just not not, not <laughs> and then that becomes a, an issue. Um, so the final question, final couple of questions I'll ask: What do you do in that particular situation when you get, as you have an interactive show, you actually get an audience who yeah. do not want to participate? They're like, "Dance for me, monkey boy! I don't want to play." Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. What do you do? <laughs> Well, I mean, I think that's what makes the show, makes any like live show exciting. You know, I don't want to, you know, I make videos online that, you know, that, that you can't really interact with them or change them. Whereas live, I want it to be spontaneous and, and real in the room. So there's like actual stakes. How's this going to go? I I don't know each night. And so I get to come out curious and excited. And, and sometimes, yeah, people are kind of shut down. But, you know, I try and, you know, I come out and I, I've got a game at the beginning and that's kind of, I meet a few people there and then I go, right, okay, maybe they'll be fun for later on. And, you know, if someone's sat there with their arms crossed and they're trying to avoid eye contact, you know, they're probably not going to be the most fun person to to get up on stage. So, I mean, but when it's, when it's really tough and they're really not going for it, then what I learned to do at the fringe this year was still give like that. All right. You don't want it tonight. That's fine. You're still getting the best version of this show. I put on my shit eating, shit eating grin. I'm still going to charm you. And then by the end, some of those shows where it's like really kind of quiet at the beginning and they're not really going for it at the end, they're like whooping and cheering. And it's, it's that's that. Those are the ones that feel like real victories when you really kind of, I mean, it's appropriate for the character, like seduce the audience. You really get them on side. Fantastic. Christian, thank you very much for coming talk to talking to us um, about your show, Playboy, which is at Soho Theatre 
from the 12th of October to the 15th of October. Um, when you go to America and you do your run there, definitely come back. Come back on the show. Tell us about more. Yeah, I'd love to. There's one thing I haven't actually asked you yet. The last question, well, last question I'm going to ask. You've already told us five, four, three, two. What is your number one? What is your favorite period drama? It's Poldark. Poldark. Ooh. I adore. I adore. That was on Poldark. BBC recently, I, right? I, yeah. yeah. Which version? Oh yeah, good. Yeah, good question. No, the the more recent one. The I've not watched the original actually. I've read the I've read the book. I've read the first book of in the in the Winston Graham series. But um, the yeah, it's for me. It's the Aidan Turner, um, kind of like I think it finished in two thousand and nineteen series. Uh, I mean, for me, it's just it it's it's perfect. The, I think the character is so good. I mean, also it was the thing which made me start to go oh this is so funny. He's, he takes himself so serious. He wants to die a hero more than he wants to like have a happy life with his wife. He, you know, he's, he thinks he's so noble. Um, and I mean, also Aidan Turner is like, he's a fantastic actor. He's absolutely gorgeous. And he, and he's just so funny. The amount of time that man must've had to have spent staring at the sea, <laughs> just thinking mood. Like, I just, I just think it's so funny. They're so melodramatic. And he's for me, like the, the epitome of that hilarious um it's kind of self-important i'm a hero i'm so important men from from that era and i uh i both adore him and find him the funniest man on the planet if people want to follow you on social media we've already got tiktok which is at brighty boy b-u-o-y can they follow you anywhere else a, instagram or anything else yep yeah, I'm on Instagram. I post all the videos on Instagram as well. Um, Facebook, Twitter, all the same um, handles. So yeah, Brighty Boy. Um, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on there as well. Fantastic. We, we know you're going to crush at Soho Theatre next week, the 12th to the 15th of October. Christian, thank you very much for joining us. Speak to you soon. Oh, Marcus and David, it's been an absolute treat. Have a lovely rest of your day. And that was our conversation with Christian Brighty. Uh, he, he's go and check out his show. His show is, it, you know, the guy. He's going to blow up. He's going to be the next um, Lin Manuel Miranda, but the UK version. Because when he goes off to America and does his tour, he's going to come back and he's going to be a huge success. You have been listening to Shoot the Breeze. I want to thank you all very much for taking the time to listen to me rant about She-Hulk. I'm st- I'm I'm still calming down about it. But um, yeah, I, I can't. I can't promise that I'm not going to explode again when we sit down and do a full version. Because, oh, oh man, I. You know what? I promise you this. Okay, producer Dave, you haven't watched any of the episodes, correct? No, I haven't. What I'm going to ask you to do is don't watch any of the episodes because what I'm going to do when the season finishes, we're going to do an episode where I am going to break down every single episode for you. And I'm going to tell you about it. That's what our episode is going to be. I'm going to t- I'm going to w- summarize each episode and tell you why I hate each episode, and you'll see why how we get to the point where it's going to get to my prediction that she's going to walk up to a, the open uh, the the curtains and it's going to be Bruce in the in the shower and it's going to be a, a, a Dallas where they've wiped out the entire season. We're going to see that, and I'm just going to punch myself in the face if I haven't put myself through that. Anyway, whoo. That was, I I said I was going to calm down. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening to me rant about She-Hulk. Resonance FM, thank you again for not listening to me because after this rant, you're going to listen. You're going to get all the calls and you're going to be like, no, please get him off the air for his own safety. 
Uh, I have been Marcus E. Ako. And I'm still producer Dave. Thank you all very much for listening. And speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>